So you've been issued with your home loan pre-approval to go and buy a house. If you're like most first home buyers, you're probably scratching your head thinking, what does that actually mean? What now? Well, you probably know the next step is to go and buy something, but what about all the important details around like, what's my maximum purchase price and when do I get a conveyancer involved? My name is Will Bell and today we're going to jump into what comes next once you've got the pre-approval, which I'm going to put into three phases. To give you a quick overview, phase one is lining up your ducks. Phase two is sign me up, which is basically when you've bought the property. Phase three is make it legit, which is to formalize it with a home loan approval. Let's get into it. Hello and welcome to the First Homeowner Concierge Podcast, where our sole target is to get you into your first home. Now on to today's topic. Firstly, you need to know a couple of basic things. You need to know what your purchasing limit is. Your pre-approval only actually shows your maximum loan amount, but that doesn't help you very much because you can't just add the loan amount plus your deposit together because you may not be taking into account costs. So it's always best if you understand what your limit is and your mortgage broker will be able to help you out with that. The second one is to understand your timeline because generally different lenders have different timelines around pre-approvals. Generally, you've got three months from when the pre-approval is granted. That means you actually need to buy something within that time frame and get approved for it. You can't just wait till the 89th day to buy something because that doesn't give the bank enough time to assess and approve the loan application. Usually the ideal amount of time you want to get in before the pre-approval expiry date is two or three weeks. That will allow the bank enough time to get a valuer in and process the loan application and get you to pre-approval. The next thing you need to do is consider if you need a buyer's advocate or not. A lot of people don't know what a buyer's advocate is. So let me just say that they're the ones you hire to help you find and buy the property you want. A buyer's advocate will have access to off-the-market properties, There is a short supply on the market and a lot of properties are getting sold off the market. That means they get sold before you see them listed on realestate.com or domain. So the buyer's advocate is able to do all the hard work such as searching for the property, calling the real estate agents to find the properties and they do all the negotiation if you need them to do that and all the other legwork. So the buyer's advocate is able to do all the hard work such as searching for the property calling the real estate agents, finding the properties that suit you. They do the negotiation and all the legwork which will suit you if you're a busy person or you've been searching for a while and for whatever reason, you can't find what you're after. The best thing is you're not competing against the rest of the open market when you're accessing off the market properties. The next move in lining up your ducks in a row is to have your conveyancer teed up so that they can inspect the contract prior to you signing it. That will protect you from any funny business going on and make sure you've got a building and pest inspection clause and a finance clause in place. By the way, what I mean by they'll protect you from any funny business is they'll make sure that they've written the clauses in a way that benefits you rather than the vendor or the seller. They'll be able to peel through the section 32 if it's a Victorian property and the section 32 has a lot of information about the property that legally the seller is meant to provide. So the conveyancer will have a look over that and let you know if there are any issues there. 
As I said, also make sure you've got your building and pest inspector ready prior to signing, just so you've got some idea of their availability as well, because sometimes they might be booked out or they're on holiday or something like that. I would still hire a building inspector, even if it was a new property, because you just can't trust the work that's been done these days. If it's an established property, I would still hire a building inspector because termite damage is not covered by insurance. So they're going to be the ones that are going to be able to identify stuff like that. So just to rephrase in getting your ducks in a line, you must understand your timeline, understand your purchasing power, get a buyer's advocate if you need one, get your conveyancer ready and hire a professional building and pest inspector. If you need credible people with that, you can get in touch with me and I can get you in contact with the people that I've used personally for a number of years now. So now you're ready to go and buy a property. I call this one the sign me up phase, which is basically you can go and start looking for a property and start negotiating. I can't help you much with the negotiation process. That's why you need to have your buyer's advocate in place if you need help there. Once you've negotiated with the agent and agreed on terms, the price, finance clause, building and pest inspection, settlement period, etc., your conveyancer will look through the contract to make sure everything's worded correctly and everything's in order. From there, you sign the contract, then it comes back to myself or your mortgage broker. Phase three is make it legit. The broker will send the contract to the bank and they'll seek to get approval. Just to dig a little bit deeper there so you're fully clear, part of this will be the bank valuing the property. Once they get the contract, they may also want additional documents beyond the valuation, such as updated payslips, bank statements, all of that sort of stuff. Any updated documentation as the documents already provided, just they just might be a bit old. For example, there may have been things on the original pre-approval that they mentioned they will want upon assessing for the final approval, which your mortgage broker should have already talked with you once the pre-approval was originally issued. So assuming that the process goes all fine, the bank's happy with the valuation and everything, we move on to approval and that's it, you're done. Congratulations, your home loan's approved, and that's the major milestone in the purchasing process as far as the finance is concerned because it means you've got, got the place, you've secured it. The rest will be the solicitors or the conveyances, the vendors, and the banks sorting everything out for you. You should just rely now on your mortgage broker and your conveyancer to ensure the rest of the process gets done, then you can get to settle on your new home smoothly. Thanks for listening to today's episode of the First Homeowner Concierge Podcast. If you've got any questions or you would like to get into your own home or you just want to stalk me online, you can search Will Bell Mortgage Broker on either Google or Facebook. 